Welcome to Season 2 of There Are Good Things Here, the podcast where you listen in as Katie Hubbard talks to God about life in the year that it got upended by her first cancer diagnosis. I hope you'll find grace in her honest, hard, and hopeful words. I'm your host, Norman Hubbard, and I just want you to hold on to Jesus like Katie did. It won't be easy or perfect, but it will be worth it. I'm glad you've tuned in to this next episode of There Are Good Things Here. I want to let you know up front, this is going to be a longer episode because there are a lot of things happening in Katie's life after her initial diagnosis with cancer in uh, January of 2009. Uh, So I left off the last episode, Katie was talking about going in for a biopsy, and I thought it might be helpful, especially for those of you who don't know exactly what was going on in our life at that time. Katie had been diagnosed with uh, a cancerous tumor, had had it removed, but the margins around it were not clear. And she had had another MRI uh, that was somewhat inconclusive. So she was going in for a second uh, sonogram biopsy in order to try to biopsy a site specifically to see if it was cancerous and then have another MRI. Um, So that's what was happening. And her journal entry from Wednesday, March 11th, uh, has to do with that. But I want to actually read you from her CaringBridge blog from March 9th, just to catch you up to speed. Katie wrote on CaringBridge, this morning, I went in at 10 a.m. for my ultrasound or MRI biopsy. As it turned out, I needed to have the MRI biopsy. I was pretty apprehensive going into the procedure, not too excited about having a third MRI and uncertain as to how the biopsy procedure would be. However, I really felt peace from the Lord during the whole thing. That was such an answer to prayer, and I know it was because many people were praying for me. The biopsy was not too bad, and I'm glad that it is over. They sure know how to add insult to injury, though. After the biopsy and some unexpected bleeding, then I got to go have a mammogram on the area they just biopsied. So, picture puncturing yourself somewhere and then smashing your punctured area tightly between two cast iron pans and you get the gist of it all. All in all, we, that is Norman and I, spent six hours at the doctor today. If the results come back negative, no more cancer, then it is very likely we will still have surgery on Thursday. That surgery would be to remove more tissue around the original tumor site to try and get clear margins and also to determine if the cancer has spread to the lymph nodes. If the results come back positive, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Love you all, Katie. And so that brings you up to her Wednesday, March 11th, 2009 journal entry, uh, where she says, Dear Lord, what will today bring? Good news? Bad news? No news? Some days I feel so weak, some days so strong, some days emotional, and some days indifferent. 
Denise was Katie's sister-in-law, and Calvary is her family's home church in Wisconsin. They had put together a gift basket for her for this time. That was her journal entry from March 11th that she was waiting on news from the MRI. And then on Caring Bridge, she wrote later that evening, March 11th, 2009, Today, we did not receive good news. My surgeon called and said that the biopsy showed malignancy deep in my breast. There is both DCIS, non-invasive, and invasive cancer in the biopsy tissue. When my radiologist told me that he wanted to do a biopsy and describe the area that was suspicious, he said that the area was very diffuse and stretched all the way back to my chest wall. He tried to biopsy an area as deep into my breast and as far away from my original lumpectomy site as possible. This is the tissue that came back malignant. As a result, I will now have to have a mastectomy. Needless to say, this is very difficult news. These results also make me wonder how far the cancer has spread. This result has also postponed my surgery until I know exactly how I would like to proceed. I have an appointment with a plastic surgeon next Tuesday morning, the 17th. Again, I appreciate your prayers and wonderful words of encouragement in the guest book and through emails. I will post another entry when the steps become more clear. Katie's next journal entry is two days later on Friday, March 13th. 2009. She writes, Dear Lord, we had a beautiful day with Rachel yesterday. That would have been March 12th. She was so thrilled with her eighth birthday. She had a Barbie theme and we got six and she got six Barbies and was so thrilled with everything she received. Is there anything more fun than giving the gifts to your children that they love and watching their joy? I don't think so. Kathy made the most amazing cake ever. It looks like a Candyland board. Kara brought us a truckload of groceries from Sam's, just about everything I would ever want. I cannot fathom her generosity. Ruth and Michelle called to see if we wanted meds, or excuse me, <laughs> thankfully our friends weren't bringing us meds, if we wanted meals. Todd called to talk for over an hour about reconstruction. An hour. Todd, by the way, is one of our close friends from Wisconsin who is a plastic surgeon. And basically, uh, Todd and Mike Erickson walked with Katie every step of the way of her cancer journey. Katie goes on to say, friends have called, emailed, written on my Caring Bridge site. 1 Thessalonians 3, 3, and part of verse 2 to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. And then the last line of this journal entry is simply, all the way my Savior leads me. And if you have never heard that hymn or really reflected on it, I'll encourage you just to search for it and read the lines of the hymn, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. Katie went on to write on Caring Bridge on March 13th, uh, the same day as the journal entry I just read. 
I don't have any new news, which at this point is kind of a relief since the last round hasn't been so good. But I did want to post a journal entry because so many of you are praying and we feel we need prayer for a few specific things. Norman and I appreciate each and every one of you. I feel that it's the love, support, and prayers of friends and family that are sustaining us right now. The Lord is speaking to us and loving us through you. I'm especially grateful for the scriptures that you all have shared. With that, here are my two requests. We have some major decisions to make in the next few days regarding my upcoming surgery. How much surgery should come next? Just do the mastectomy, throw in the reconstruction, wait for the reconstruction until after chemo is done, and what kind of reconstruction? Is this awkward or what, she says parenthetically. Wouldn't it be so much simpler if I had toe cancer or something? Please pray that this decision will be very clear and that I will have a good meeting with a plastic surgeon on the 17th. I found my lump in October. That was five months ago, and I'm very anxious to get this out. And it feels like this whole process keeps dragging on. Getting this next surgery scheduled could potentially drag out too, depending on what we decide and how we are advised. And while you're praying, would you pray that it hasn't spread? Second, would you please specifically pray for Norman? He's currently under contract to write four Bible studies. He has finished one, and the next one is supposed to be done in June, the third in November, and the final one next year. Needless to say, with all of this going on, writing has been almost impossible for him. This is significantly stressful. Would you please lift him up in prayer over this situation? Okay, maybe that was more than two requests. Thank you so much, Katie. And by the way, Katie's uh, request for prayer for that book contract I was under was answered when uh, my publisher canceled my contract uh, (laughs) not long after. Oh, well, sometimes the Lord answers our prayers in ways that we were not expecting. Katie goes on to write in her journal, Saturday, March 14th, 2009. Dear Lord, to get time to myself, I have to stay up later than everyone and get up earlier than everyone. This at a time when I am more tired and sleep is becoming more difficult. Lord, you told me not to kindle my own fire. That, by the way, is a biblical reference to the prophet Isaiah where people were lighting their own fires to walk in their own light, as it were, uh, like a sign of their self-sufficiency and independence from God. So Katie says, Lord, you told me not to kindle my own fire. It seems that this cancer diagnosis and treatment decision has gone on and on. And now there is another appointment and more decisions and more trauma. And she quotes the passage that she had written the day before from 1 Thessalonians 3.3, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. Lord, I just feel frenetic. And in quotations after that statement, be still and know that I am God. Abide in me. Lord, how do I rest and abide during such a time? I realize there is a huge part of me that wants to do cancer right. I want to respond right. 
in my walk with you, in my very physical response, in my words, but I don't know how to do or be during this time. These are uncharted waters. How do I walk with you, rest in you, experience you now when everything is so difficult? My biggest question is, why now? It all seems so impossible right now. Monday, March 16th, 2009. Dear Lord, from Jesus Calling, a devotional Katie was reading, abundant life is not necessarily health and wealth. It is living in continual dependence on me. I talked to a friend yesterday, and she mentioned that money was not an issue for them when she was going through cancer because they had such good insurance. It made me think about how continually dependent we are on you, dependent in every way. I didn't get up this morning because I took a sleeping pill. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will have wounds. You have wounds. You were pierced. I was pierced in a biopsy, but with anesthesia, you had no anesthesia. Your visage was marred more than any man. My chest will be marred, visible to no one but Norman. Lord, I know, Lord, I need to know what to do about this mastectomy, how to handle this diagnosis, how to live my life. And she ends this journal entry with the words, Jesus, draw me ever nearer. And I'll recommend this too. If you've not listened to that song or not listened to it in a while, maybe you would just search for the text of that song, Jesus, draw me ever nearer. It was one that was always on Katie's mind during this time. And I'll conclude with a journal entry from Tuesday, March 17th, 2009. Dear Lord, Today is Visit the Plastic Surgeon Day, and here are the scriptures that you gave me last night. By the way, she had written them out in the margins of her journal from the night before. Isaiah 30, verse 15, In returning and rest shall be, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And then from the same chapter in Isaiah, verses uh, 19 to 21, so Isaiah 30, 19 to 21, for the people shall dwell in Zion, at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner any more. But your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. From Genesis 7, verse 3, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. And parenthetically, Katie asked, Will your answer be no to healing that you may multiply signs and wonders? From Exodus 14, 13, and 14. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. 
For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace, or be quiet. And from Isaiah 50, verses 10 and 11, Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Do not kindle your own fire. Last night, I felt like you were really speaking to me. I felt like you were telling me it will be clear what I am supposed to do next. Yesterday, Karen said that she wanted to give me gas cards every week. Tom and Sarah set up a fund for us to help with medical expenses. Julie sent me a $25 gift card to Red Lobster and a $15 iTunes card. Every day I am opening a sunshine gift from Calvary. Claire, that is my mom, wrote and said that she woke up at 4 a.m. to pray for me, which was really neat because I couldn't wake up yesterday, so there she was holding me up. Rest. Michelle brought dinner over tonight. Thanks for joining me for this episode of There Are Good Things Here. Uh, We'll come back again in two weeks and, in a sense, just carry on right where we've left off. Katie will give a report about her time with a plastic surgeon and the way that God answered her prayer for clarity about next steps. And then that will see us into the season uh, of a very important surgery and a very transitional point in her life of faith and mine. I'll look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for joining. Mm -hmm.